0: Hello everyone and welcome to LifeWealth's podcast. It's Friday, the 20th of March. Uh, joining me this morning is James Vanderloo, Life LifeWealth's head of uh, the investment committee. Good morning Jason Hi James uh, and myself uh, Jason Howard CEO of Life Wealth um, so let's uh, jump right in. We wanted to come out and give everyone an update from last week um, in some ways it's hard to believe it's only been a week since our last uh, podcast as I said to a couple of the team in the last uh, few days days feel like weeks at the moment.
1: It's unbelievable isn't isn't it Jason if you told me about 28 days ago when uh, the US economy was accelerating and markets hit a record high that we would be in a recession and had suffered a market crash in the preceding 30 days, I would not have believed you.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair call. And so, you know, that probably leads into what we want to talk about today and focusing on today. We, we really want to give some context to what is happening. Um, we understand it's a time of great anxiety for, for all of our clients, everyone we know, all of us, um, you know, our family, uh, elderly relations. There's, there's a lot on the mind, um, and that's without taking into account, obviously, what's happening on investment markets around the world. So we really really want to spend some time talking through that and try and give some, some context today. So, James, um, why don't we jump straight into that? You know, where are we now? Where are we today? We're in a global recession. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: this is unique because it's actually been mandated by governments. They've decided having a recession now Mm. is the best course of action to deal with the virus outbreak and they believe the best way to get us, one, save lives and to get us back to business as usual
0: in the safest and quickest way. That's uh, that's that's interesting to hear. I mean, people have been you know uh, seeing the R word being used from time to time. I think, if I remember correctly, from our podcast last week, we put it on the agenda as potentially something that that could happen. Um, but as you said, I mean, we we are here today.
1: We we are the the global economy has basically stopped. Mm. So it's and it's been a sudden stop, the sharpest stop. Yes. In in history, mm. so we are in uncharted waters from that perspective. When we see data in uh, March and the second quarter of 2020, the drop in output will probably be the greatest in in history.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the the new normal, as you said, has, has come very quickly. Absolutely, and. Financial
1: markets have really struggled with that. Mm. We knew there was going to be both fiscal and monetary policy to try and get us through that stop. We spoke about that Mm. last week.
0: We talked about the bridge.
1: We talked about the bridge. Mm. Uh, The bridge is real. Markets have really struggled to price that because detail has been slow to be mm. getting out. Mm. So, okay, how long does this go for? Is it three weeks? Yes. Two weeks? Mm. Six weeks? Mm. Six months? Eight months? Mm. You know, some of the worst case scenario. And um, markets are saying, well, the modern economy wasn't designed to stop for that long. There's things such as loan covenants and payroll, um, where do we go from here? How can we price this event? Yes. And um, that's then push markets totally out of control. Yeah. And I know probably most people have been getting up in the morning and watching the equity market. You know, that's sort of the one that seems to get the most press. And um, that's actually not the one that I'm watching, believe it or not. I. Right. I always describe the equity market as a bit of uh, a teenager. Mm -hmm. So it's having a hissy fit at the moment, but the minute there's a a sniff of growth and something positive, the equity market will come roaring back. So um, for me, it was always gonna be an extremely volatile event in equities. Where my eyes have been is on the credit markets. Mm because that's the system and the plumbing in the global economy that needs to keep things going. And what we had earlier in the week was the Fed was losing control of the bond market, which pushes costs of borrowing up around the world. And that is something that actually can't be allowed to happen at the moment. Mm. So you've seen a massive response over the last week from the central banks, including yesterday, Philip Lowe and the RBA. I think I I sent you this week, they need to do QE by the end of this week mm. or Australia's borrowing costs are going to spiral out of control.
0: Yeah, I, uh, for those uh, who are listening to the podcast, uh, you did say that to me this week. You said that to me at about 10.45pm on a, on a text message on either Tuesday or Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, that was the kind of conversation that was going around relatively late in the evening. I did because
1: our borrowing cost as a government had spiked fifty percent mm. in a week. Mm. That's the thing that causes financial crisis.
0: Yeah, and I think I think I'll just go back a little bit, and, and because I know we're going to spend some time on QE, quantitative easing in Australia, and you know, you know, the fact that's first time and and all those sorts of things. But you know, going back to the share market and linking it through to that. You know, as we've said on the last podcast and we've said many times before, you know, markets aren't necessarily rational. Everyone likes to think they are, but, you know, it's emotion, fear and greed. And markets uh, hate one thing above everything else, and that is uncertainty. So, for every um, fiscal stimulus or or every lever that's being pulled by central banks and governments, they're trying to action it really quickly and make a statement to markets. But without the detail behind it, you get a, a little bounce of positivity. Oh, great. We've got some action. However, you don't have the certainty still. But what about this? And exactly that's, right.
1: that's what markets do and we're in that process. But what the RBA came out with, I believe, is fantastic mm-hmm. and actually does provide the certainty that borrowing costs are going to stay low and the lines of credit are going to stay open mm-hmm. for the duration of this event, however long it turns out to be. Yes. If um, we look at what they're doing, they have obviously dropped the cash rate to 0.25. Now, I don't think they'll go to zero in Australia, um, and that's to, just to protect the bank's margins a little bit. Yes. So that's as low as we we, we go, I think. Um, they are commencing purchases of Australian government bonds, and uh, they've really gone for the short end of the curve. Four years, yeah, I think. Three, yeah, three to, three to fives. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to maintain that bond yield and that cost for the government to borrow at a quarter of a percent. Mm. So, very, very cheap. And um, Mr. Lowe actually admitted what I saw that the market had become impaired. Yes. So, he had to act. Mm-hmm. Um, they're offering banks longer term funding facilities. So, there's $90 billion on three year loans at 0.25%. So, again, My personal opinion, that is well beyond this event. So, that ensures lines of credit will stay open to small um, businesses. So, very cheap finance for companies to get us through. Uh, Direct investment program in residential mortgage-backed securities. So, the home lending market will stay open, Mm. right? That was a big risk. Well, um, who wants to underwrite it when there's uncertainty? Yes. On uh, on people's incomes in the in the short term, but um, that's up. And um, we also have seen them say that the capital ratios the banks are at at the moment they're going to be allowed to fall under that at the moment. Yeah, right. Now in the GFC that was the chicken game. They mm. were getting closer, and do they have to raise uh, raise raise equity yeah. or? breach covenants yep. and the market was playing chicken i think that's off the table yeah so so these are all really really good really good developments and i think that gives us a chance mm. for this situation to play out we still need more on yep. the fiscal side mm-hmm. certainty there and we've seen some great policy out of out of europe and some other places mm. that they're not going to let them go through this shock. Yeah, that's right. That's the best way of making sure it's a short, sharp event, mm. and there is an economy left on the other side mm. when we come out of it. Yes. So um, we have seen some positive policy this week, which mm. is which is good. Yes. I have always believed they were going to get there, mm. but uh, it, it's a slow-moving
0: beast, and as we said, markets keep. Yeah, and as, as we've been talking about you know, many, many times this week, you know, central banks, governments, um, they, they don't, they don't necessarily solve it once off. They, they think they may have the solution. It's almost dipping the toe in the water. Well, let's, let's try this. There's a you know, sound reasoning behind it. All those sorts of things. But they don't necessarily fire all their weapons at once. They see how the market reacts to it, and then they realize actually we need to get a bigger, we, we need to get a bigger gun, we
1: we, we need to get more. Yeah, and um, that, and that's the game that markets are playing at the moment. Mm. So when clients are are logging on and looking at the valuation of the assets in their portfolio at the moment, it's truly distorted. Mm. So there's just been this massive rush for liquidity. Um, The only asset that's gone up in the world in the last three weeks is US dollars. Mm. US dollars are appreciated against everything as there's been a flight to safety there. But US government bonds, that to me is pretty much the safest asset in the world. We yes. know they have performed whatever QA, they're not folding on their debt, yep. but people have been taking a 10% haircut on the value of their bonds just to get cash in their hands. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, and that's not saying the bond is trading at 10% less than what I think is fair value. Mm. That means at the price it's trading at, people are still saying, just give me $0.90 cents on the dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. because – there has actually been nobody on the other side
0: of trades, which is an interesting correlation play, isn't it? If you think about bonds and bonds and equities,
1: well, well that's exactly right, and um, that's actually partly a result of the regulations that changed during the GFC. Mm. There are no investment banks that warehouse these things in times like this and try and make a snip on the way through to sell them again when it's when it's calmer. Mm. So um, the market's buckled, and yeah. it's in. Every asset class, mm. even gold. You know, gold is traditionally the safe haven in a time of crisis. Golds have to be liquidated to pay margin calls and so yeah. forth. So gold has fallen too. Mm. Uh, we've seen the Aussie dollar has been absolutely trashed. Yes. So equity, Australian dollar equity market, went down a little over 30% from the, from the peak, which was <laughs> less than a month ago. And, um, the US dollar has appreciated about another 16%. Mm. So, in US dollar terms, the stock market in Australia is down nearly 50% in Mm. less than a month, Mm. Um,
0: unprecedented times. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's probably a good chance for us to transition to, you know, where to from here? Um, You know, what comes next? What's the sort of things that we can expect? Um, and I suppose that also rolls into our view tactically, um, as well as trying to take a strategic view when we're talking about so much change in 28 days. Um, you know, where to from here?
1: Yeah, well, it, it's, it's clearly in this environment really hard to have definitive certainty. As we said, the scenario that's actually unfolded, the probability I put on what's actually happened 30 days ago was, was less than 1%. So to think we're going to be able to read for sure from this, we're not. Of course. So I I don't want to – but I'll I'll play out two scenarios, the positive scenario and then a more bearish scenario. And um, on the positive side, what we're waiting for is the volatility in markets to settle. That's not to say, oh, the market's going to head straight back up and we're all going back to normal. It's to say the market actually stabilises and is actually useful for price discovery again. Mm. Um, last night was the first time in the last two weeks that the market hadn't made a 5% move. One enough. way or another. It, yeah. And um, at, when, when the VIX is that high and volatility is that high, as I've said, the market's basically uninvestable. So we're hoping to see that volatility settle And that will show that that central bank policy and the fiscal policy that has started and
0: we're going to get more over the weekend and more next week is actually starting to take effect. And and that goes to what we talked about last week. The market is looking, you know, we're looking for the market to get back to fundamentals of valuation, not this just volatility, you know, trying to trying to make some money here, trying to get liquidity, just bouncing around all over the place. Yeah. Fundamentals of valuation. Th- that's exactly right. And the hard part is, what's the e? Mm.
1: The e in an, in uh, for earnings in in equities. We know it's going to be horrible mm. in the next six to twelve months. Yeah. So you you can't try and value things on the next six to twelve you need to look a little bit further into the future and look at the next two to three years. What are the businesses that will be able to get through this scenario? And then what are they being priced at in two years? So the truth that I still believe is that with a two-year view, interest rates are basically zero globally my my prediction there is they will be for the next five years. Mm-hmm. So the discount rate has gone down. In theory, if there was certainty on the earnings, the multiple people would be prepared to pay for property and quality businesses mm-hmm. would be higher yes. than it was four weeks ago. Yes. So I actually think that will return. Mm. The timing on how long that takes is the is the tricky thing. Yeah. But I'm really confident. That this virus will be exterminated two years from now. Yes, I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. part of our lives. Mm-hmm. We'll never forget it, but it won't be something we have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, business will will return, and the good ones will be making money, and we'll bid them up.
0: I was just going to pick up something you said there because it actually was 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 sort of bouncing around in my mind. The good ones, the good companies. Um, you know, it's almost that Buffett mindset of. If if you were to uh, list your companies that you're invested in on a page right now, or the companies you're thinking about going to, take the price out, just just take those yeah. out, and just have the names listed there, the names of the companies, and think about: okay, is that a company that I believe works in a, a strong industry in the future? Is it a good company? Is it a well managed company? Um, would I want to invest it on, on on those basis? On that basis, that's almost the first question, isn't
1: it? Well, that's exactly right, and it's and it's funny the. The calls that we've been getting for clients that are saying, you know, the market's cheap, we want to have a crack.
0: Mm. I'll
1: tell you what stocks they're interested in. Flight Centre, mm. Qantas, all the ones that are impaired. So, they're almost having a gamble that they get through it and have a bounce. Mm. Um, that's probably not the way we think about things long term because... Mm. That is actually gambling. Yes. Some of them some of them may never come back or they'll have to raise really dilutive equity. Yes. Um, but there's businesses in healthcare, in consumer staples, in technology that have got really strong balance sheets. Um, and yes, they'll be marked down as they already have been over mm-hmm. the next six months. Yes. But they're going to survive and they're going to thrive and they're going to be bid up.
0: Absolutely, because I, I, you, know, you think about those travel companies, you know, whether it be Qantas or, or Flight Center, perhaps less uh, Flight yeah. Center, but uh, take yeah. Qantas, for example. Um, yeah. That's an industry that could find itself in a new normal very quickly because you have two months, three months, four months, six months of um, strongly reduced corporate travel. And everyone now gets used to the new normal of, we'll just use Skype, we'll use Zoom, we'll use whatever. And in fact, we've found over the last six months we can do that and we can do it effectively because mm. we in fact know how to conduct those meetings now. All of a sudden, you've got CEOs and CFOs sitting in, uh, sitting in rooms, you know, going through the numbers and saying, hey, that's just had a significant impact on our P&L by not traveling. And we've survived and we've got through it. Why would we go back to what it was previously?
1: Absolutely, and because it's a podcast, it's a general chat. I don't want to drop names yeah, of the of companies we like, but that's the work we're doing at the moment. Mm. And with the managers that we're using to help manage money, making sure we're really, really well positioned with a two-year view. Because um, so I was chatting with DNR Capital. Mm. They they manage a, quite a bit of the equity component for for our clients. Yes. And they're doing that exercise at the moment, and they're saying at the moment, they think on a two-year view, uh, the ASX is on a PE of around about 13, mm-hmm. and um, the dividend yield in two years' time with dividend growth is probably about 6.5%, mm-hmm. and then you've got some franking. Um, and as we said, cash is going to be zero, So once the certainty returns, those things are going to re-rate materially. Yes. Our job is to have a look and think when we actually can start to see that re-rate emerge and make sure we tilt and and use our cash reserves and some of the defence to increase the weighting to those type of assets and property and infrastructure. They'll be bid up again on those low rates and actually really participate robustly and disproportionately in that market recovery. If you're going to ask me when that market recovery is, right now I've genuinely got no idea. I've got no idea if the bottom's in yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's encouraging there was a little bit less volatility last night. But yes, that's,
0: yes. That's, that's one night. Which is one of the indicators, yeah. Uh, but one night's not going to do it. We, we, we need some period of time with that.
1: A- absolutely. Yeah. And what I actually think is more likely mm-hmm. is we get a little bit of a relief rally because it's been relentless. It's mm-hmm. totally unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So we could easily have a relief rally of up to 20%. Yes. And we all think, oh, it's, uh, it's all fantastic. Here yes. we go. Yes. And then what we get is the data on economic growth in a few weeks' time and markets retest the lows with a sell-off like that. So, um, if you're a gambler, you might want to start adding now and have a longer term view. Um, I don't necessarily think that's quite prudent just yet. Let's um, let's just see and make sure this policy response catches and we don't try and catch a falling knife here.
0: Yes, and, and I know you and I have talked about this almost daily for the last two weeks. Um, if you if you look back and and study and reflect and review on and they haven't been the same as this but bear markets historically um, shocks to the market that's how it tends to happen you get the initial you know uh, precipitous drop uh, there is a bit of a rally and it looks like it's all good and everything's fine and then it, and then the real one comes exactly right mm. so um, yeah we w- we would expect
1: after a rally now. If you're thinking to yourself, gee whiz, I, I haven't liked my equity mm-hmm. um, positions here. I feel too growthy, and we're going into recession, and we are. That's the V-shaped recovery is off the table. Yes. So it's not going to be that. It's it's more about how bad the damage is while we're while we're shut down, and where mm-hmm. where unemployment gets to. If it only goes up a, a few percent, because we're starting at five mm-hmm. in Australia, if it ends up at seven or eight. And on the medical side, things progress reasonably well. Yeah, we'll recover quickly. Yeah, we'll get through that. Yeah. If it drags out longer and you end up with ten percent unemployment, that takes much longer for the economy to get rolling again. Um, damage yeah. will be done, and the truth is, we 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 won't know the answer. Of course, we're always hopeful, mm. and uh, we have faith in the policymakers and the scientists working on on the medical intervention. Yes because um, that's really gonna determine when markets become investable again.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, Um, I think we might leave that there. Is there anything else you felt like you wanted to cover off before we uh, we wrap up?
1: Yeah, no. So in summary for portfolios, most of our clients, again, shouldn't be doing too much at the moment. If we thought you were too exposed, you would have already heard from us mm. because we've been on the phone to those clients. Yes. Um, I know some clients will be thinking, why didn't we pick a crash? Uh, were we ignorant to, the, to coronavirus? Absolutely not. We consulted experts. They just did not see it creeping into the Western world and shutting down the global economy. That yes. was, it was not a scenario that it was even being contemplated. Mm. So um, they're just not possible. Some people would say, well, if I think the market's going lower, why don't I sell everything now Um, because I'll bet I buy it back lower and and preserve capital. And that move's almost impossible to make too because Mm. the minute you do that, um, and it happened in 2009, people capitulate at the bottom, the market – then went up 400% over the next decade, and some of them never, never got back in. They they were waiting for the pool. They might actually now, 12 years later, this mm. might be their opportunity to, um, to buy back in. What we're really confident is the equity and growth positions you hold now are going to work well over the next two or three years, and you're getting paid really well in dividends, many multiples of what you're earning cash, mm. while you wait. So we will be there on the asset allocation side to tilt you back when we think the coast is clear to participate when we go back up. But absolutes are impossible in portfolio constructions.
0: Absolutely, and again, while we take the strategic long view, we were looking at something again the other day, which is something we've talked about in the past. Um, You you take out the best 10 trading days on the US share market um, post-GFC. Um, you lose effectively half your return over the last 12 years.
1: That's exactly right. You can't lose
0: half your return.
1: And if we do get a rally in the next week or two and you feel you're overexposed, talk to us. That's your opportunity um, to do a little trimming, but not not down here.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um thank you for for today. Um you know to everyone who's listening to the podcast to all our clients uh, all our staff and everyone who listens in you know certainly from myself and James we just want to say to all of you um stay safe. Um it's a really difficult time not only for yourself but I'm sure you're looking uh, looking to those you know elderly relatives and those that are a bit more in the 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 you know the risk profile for for coronavirus mm-hmm. and it's just a really challenging time. Yeah. You know we will get through this. We've got through things in the past. You and I were talking last night, trying to recall exactly what it felt like in the middle of the worst of the GFC. And, you know, it felt pretty dark in those days. It did. Um, we will get through this and we will come out the other side and we'll talk mm. about this for the rest of our yeah. life. but we will come out the other side of this. Um, sorry, Jane?
1: The only The only thing I'd say with the GFC, it nearly took a year of relentless falls. It wasn't as sharp, mm. but... It just kept getting worse and it worse and worse okay. for nearly a year. Mm. I'll, I'll put an asterisk on it because, you know, we, we never know anything for sure, but I don't believe this event's going to be anywhere near that duration. Mm. I think you'll start to see the seeds of recovery in the second half of 2020.
0: And by Christmas 2020, growth will be okay. Well, fingers crossed that, that is that is the case. Um, look, we know that this is not normal times. Clearly, this is not uh, business as usual. Having said that, though, it is very much business as usual for Life Wealth. And what I mean by that is we are we are absolutely here. Um, we're here. Pick up the phone anytime and talk to your advisor or anyone in the Life Wealth team. Um, we we have people working remotely. Uh, for many of you, would have seen that note this week, but. Um, we're, we're really focused on the way we communicate with our clients and how we communicate amongst ourselves. It is absolutely business as usual in being here for our clients. So um, we're, we're here to talk uh, as and when you need us. Um, as I said, let's finish up there, James. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for your view. Um, and uh, we will talk again shortly. Thanks, Jason, and thank you, everyone. Stay safe.